You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. All right, open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to pick up again tonight where we left off last week. Last week we talked about the first commandment, Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. We're going to continue in that again this evening. I'm really happy to be able to be with you tonight. I had a, a little bit of an embarrassing moment on Tuesday morning, my son Dawson. He's three years old, and uh, he came and dove on me and hit me in such a way that uh, he sent me dizzy for three days. And so uh, if I start to kind of like uh, vomit and turn in circles, then just someone else come on up here and finish this. But uh, it's, been, it's been kind of a crazy week. Uh, if he, it, the funny thing is, is that he was fine. He just laughed and said, scoot over. I was sent to the hospital, and... Um, He's only three. When he turns 16 and he's six foot four, I'm going to be scared. So anyway, uh, those will be good days and we will, we will face those uncharted waters once we reach them. God bless us all. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. And God, we desperately want to be a tribe, a people, a family that looks like you. God, we've determined. We've resolved. We've made the decision that we want to be obedient to your word and to the scriptures. And so tonight, with this idea of loving you with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind, would it be renewed in us, God? Father, we want it to be so much more than a life mission statement, God. We want it to be a present reality. We want it to be tangible and active and alive in us today. We thank you for what you're going to do. We love you, God. Everybody said amen. amen. Am I going in and out here? Are we all right, Chris? We're okay? All right, good. When I... When I read Matthew twenty two thirty seven, in my own journey, when I hear Jesus saying this, one of, the, one of the ways that I picture it in my head, and I don't know if you've been there, but one of the ways I picture it in my head is here's Jesus, you know, he has the words of life, and he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. Here's, here's the greatest commandments. Here's the greatest of all the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And you know, you're a 20-something, most of you, and, uh, and, and you get that in here and you start to wrestle with that. And I don't know about you, but in my journey, what, what I often find myself doing is imagining the day, you know, the distant land, the far off future, the era of when I'll really love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. You know, the, the moment where, you know, in a future day, it, it's, right now I'm in my normal average, mundane, difficult life, but surely there's a day coming where I will love God with all my heart. Surely there's a day coming where that will be true. And I don't know about you, I mean, maybe that's been true in your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you look at your own life and and you hear, and even last week we said love gives all and we talked about different people that gave everything and how Jesus gave everything and the Father, when the Father gave the Son, He gave everything and the very nature of Jesus saying, Love me with all your heart, soul, and mind isn't giving us an invitation that he hasn't already done. He's already given all. He's already given everything. And he's inviting us into that relationship for us to give like he has. And so we come before him and we're like, God, I want to love you with everything. All my heart, all my soul, all my mind. I'm determined. I'm resolute. But yet what I found is as we go to walk that out on Monday morning, 
Wednesday afternoon. Oftentimes we create this world where one day when I am in a different position than I currently am. You know, when, when the stars align, when a few things fall into place, then I'll have the avenue. Then I'll have the opportunity. Once a few things change, then, then I can love you with all my heart. I mean, God, when I get out of college, you know, when I'm not taking 18 hours a semester, then, you know, maybe then I'll have time to dig into spiritual disciplines or maybe then I'll be able to, you know, love you with all. God, God, you know, realistically, this, this, this burden of being single is killing me. And maybe the day, maybe after my honeymoon, I'll be able to love God with all my heart, you know. Maybe after I'm married and, you know, once I get in that state, you know, maybe once I pay off these loans. Maybe, maybe once I, I don't have to work 80 hours a week just to, you know, sustain my car payments, you know. Maybe, maybe one day. One day out there in the distant future, on that day, then I'll be a wholehearted lover of God. Then I'll be someone that loves God with all. And so though we may not verbalize it, when it comes to this, rather than this being something alive in here for tomorrow, it's so easy to think in terms of out there one day, you know? Out there when I'm when I'm successful, there'll be a magic moment where everything will work and maybe I'll be 25 or 35 or 45 or, you know, and, and all of a sudden things will start happening for me and I'll suddenly be able to connect and worship and man, I'll, I'll wake up at 6 a.m. and long to pray. All of a sudden meals will look bad to me and fasting will look incredible and Saturday night at the movie will look so dull compared to the prayer meeting, you know. Oh, there'll be a day, I'm sure, where, you know, magically I'll start giving more money than Oprah gives. And I'll, I'll, I'll want to tithe. I'll be a cheerful giver. I'll give 11% even, you know, like, and it'll be easy. Some distant day out there. I don't know when. I hope that it happens one day. There's a massive chasm in the meantime. But I have this... Resolution, I want to be there. I'm not sure the avenue or the road, but I, I, I believe in my head somewhere out there. My heart will be soft when I read the scriptures. and I'll really forgive the people that I am hurt by. You know, the, the magic day. And I believe that that idea is one of the greatest Difficulties, lies that keeps us from being wholehearted today. You see, you and I know that it's not, it's not the attainment of some day out there, some magic day where just somehow something will happen and suddenly we'll wake up and we'll just love God. We live in a war zone and each of us have a journey and we're on this journey to love God. We're on this journey. And it's not just a decision. It's not just a choice. It's not just like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to do it. It's like, it's, it's a constant relationship. And there's all kinds of things attacking from out here. And there's all th- kinds of things pulling on you. And, and you're not in a one-time decision. You're in this journey. And this journey plays itself out, not in the extraordinary days, but in the ordinary days. 
It's in the ordinary moments, my ordinary moments, your ordinary moments, that we come before God in all of our average, mundane, normal lives. And we come before him and we say, God, I wanna love you in this moment right now. You said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. God, right now, as I listen to this long-winded, short, blonde preacher, I love you. God, in the moment after this, at 9.30 when I'm leaving here and I'm in my car, God, in that moment, I love you. Because the ordinary moments, those are the moments that we have, you know? I mean, we all dream of the big epic moments, but I'll tell you, the moments, the moments where God does miracles in our lives, the moments where we'll gain a heart, a heart that crescendos in love for God, is in the after hours. It's the ordinary, average moments. When you look at, you know, saints and, and spiritual giants throughout history, it, it wasn't that they somehow had a course that was spiritual. You know, like, they just happened to be in such a generation and in such a land and in such a way that they happened to go deep in God and that they had a spiritual course created for them. No, instead, I mean, we find people that in the, must, in the midst of mundane, average things, they made the ordinary sacred. One of my favorites, one of my heroes, Brother Lawrence, he's, you know, famous for his book on practicing the presence of God. And when you read, when you read his writings, you can tell there's a real encounter going on with God. There's a real dialogue. It's not merely just ideas about God or principles about God that he read from someone else, but there's, there's interaction, there's conversation, there's, there's depth, there's a reality, there's, a, there's an encounter with God. And when you look at this, when you look at his life and when you look at and, and you read him, you find a guy that, that didn't necessarily, you know, have the, the brave heart moments, wasn't the preacher. He didn't have the, you know, the rock star worship leader. He wasn't the, the person that gave, you know, millions of dollars away. He didn't run a big business. He was a dishwasher, you know? But in the midst of that common dishwasher, just what he did, day in and day out, began to dialogue with God. And so you, me, the days, the ordinary days, those are our greatest opportunity to grow in love. God, I wanna love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. Sing the song again. God, I wanna love you with all my heart, soul, and mind. God, I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. You know, <laughs> I'm amazed how you love me. I love you. I love, it's, it's actually, it's, the place where love grows is not just in the confession of it, but in practicing it in ordinary mundane moments, because God's not looking at us saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed by how many times you tell me that, I, that you love me. I mean, he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. He says over and over again, you know, this is what love is. It gives its life over for the other. The, the way that you demonstrate love to me goes beyond 
what I call the epic moments, you know, and I love the epic moments. But in the ordinary days, in the ordinary afternoons where you come before God and you turn ordinary moments into actual dialogue with God. Ordinary days, just little minutes that could easily pass by. You know, when we think about the ordinary, when you think about ordinary days, the person that, the person that personifies this really is Jesus, right? I mean, most of us think about the last three years of his life because most of what we have in the gospels is the last three years, all right? So we have all these, I mean, we have phenomenal stories. We have, you know, lepers being healed and we have blind people, you know, starting to see and we have all this phenomenal activity. Jesus is, you know, walking on water and ascending and descending, all this stuff, you know, he's not descending, he's just ascending. And, and, but, but one of the things that's real interesting is if you look at, just look at the gospels and look at just the first 30 years, Look, look at what we have of Jesus. Very little. And in fact, what, what we have is, I mean, we have the story of his birth, but that, he didn't, I mean, that's not like him doing stuff. That's just him being born. All right, so he's born. And then we have a moment when he's 12, right? We have one moment when he's 12. When he's 12 years old, he's, you know, he's teaching the priests and they're like, wow, he's, this kid is smart. And they're, you know, amazed by him. That's what we know at 12. And then we really don't have anything until he's 30. All right, so you have birth, 12, 30, you know, that, that's really what we've got. Now think about Jesus, age, when he's your age, you know, most of your age, 20 somethings. Think about, here he has, I mean, at 12, at 12, the rabbis, the priests that are like smart guys are baffled by 12 year olds. I just want you to imagine Aaron Stern and Brady Boyd listening to a 12 year old going, oh my, intelligence drips from his lips. Like that's a bizarre statement, you know, a 12 year old coming in and having the capacity to have, you know, understanding. I mean, Jesus was pretty amazing at 12. So if he's amazing, I mean, I'm just saying he's probably pretty amazing at 12. If the old guys, sorry, Aaron, if the old guys are, <laughs> Aaron and I were joking over there during that rap because we were like, we don't get any of this. And he was like, wicked, wicked, wicked. And we were like, why is that funny? We were like, oh, we have hit the old age. All right, so anyway. And so, so I want you to imagine, here's Jesus, and Jesus at 15, 18, 22, 25, 28 years old, that whole time, what's he doing? I mean, he has the capacity, he's, he's memorizing the scriptures, he's, he's got, I mean, if you're the God of the ages, and you're walking around, and you're on planet earth, can you imagine not suspending and kind of just, well, well, all right, I'll go ahead and just, I'll just walk on, you know, some water over here and let me just kind of, you know, like, you know, zap, heal a guy here and dad, Joseph and Mary, that, my brother, he's bugging me, you know, you're, I mean, how does this, I don't know how all that looks, but I just imagine Jesus being this 20 something. I mean, in his twenties, what's he doing? I mean, his teens and his twenties, what's he doing? You know what we know he's doing? He's getting close to his father, A, relationship and B, he's a carpenter. He's the God of the ages incarnate as a man walking around skin, eyes, you know, God on the earth. And what's he doing? He's working as a carpenter. He's making tables, chairs. 
Here he is. We're talking, we're talking big God here. We're talking God that walks on water, casts out demons, spits in people's eyes and they see. And Jesus embraces probably some pretty severe monotony of being faithful, steady, loving his father, building tables, building chairs, working in his father's shop, being a carpenter. Probably pretty normal hours, pretty normal days. And yet in the moment where he enters into his, you know, ordination service, the baptism event, there's a father that declares his affection over his son. It's not the first time that the father and son had had dialogue. Father and the son, Jesus had been dialoguing with his father. And he leans over, you know, the balcony of heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. This is the one that I know. I just want you to picture, you know, in your own journey, in your own life. How? How do we separate where I'm at now and the great, this journey in the middle, the great chasm, you know, the distant land where one day I'll attain wholeheartedness? I'll tell you how. Develop a dialogue with God that says, God, I want to love you in the midst of every moment tonight, tomorrow morning, the next day. And I'm talking just after hours. I like to talk in the furnace about, about just a 24-hour period. I like to t- say, hey, let's just take, let's just take the, a 24-hour period and think in terms of a 24-hour period, you know. In, in Psalm, Psalm 5, it says... Um, in the morning, Psalm 5, 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. What happens if in the very average moment where you have bad breath, you wake up, you've got, you know, the bad hair, or that's cool now, but that, you got, wake up with the cool hair. You got, you wake up with cool hair, you wake up with bad breath, it's bad, it's that whole deal. And you wake up and you go, good morning, Holy Spirit. In the morning, I will remember you. God, in this really average moment, <laughs> I love you, God. In the dullness, in the mundaneness, in the boredom, I love you, God. I'm yours. And then, and then you develop conversation as you go throughout your day. Driving in your car. God, I love you. You're sitting in your class. Multiple choice on the Scantron, yet again. Oh, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. Help, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and developing conversation with God every day. And going through your day. Psalm 4 says, on my bed, I will remember you. The NASB says, I'll meditate. I've reinstituted in the furnace bedtime prayers. Not, Lord, I lay me down to sleep. But as you go to bed, shut off Letterman, turn off Jimmy something, and, uh, and Facebook and MySpace, and just shut it down from, and just go, God, and talk to God. 
I'm telling you the secret. I'm not telling you the life of, of a crazy, extravagant, spiritual weird. I'm telling you the life of someone that says, God, I don't want to claim I'm going to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and not take the baby steps to get there. See, it's this process. We, we don't just say, God, see my emotion in this moment. Rah, I'm going for it again. But we take that and we say, and don't get me wrong, I love the epic events. Man, I love it. I love these moments. Like this moment over here, I just, I, I went up to Glenn. I said, this was epic. I mean, in this moment, I mean, where's, you know, praise God, praise God. I mean, it's like raw. It's like Martin Luther or something. I mean, we're like, I just felt this raw. It's like, yes, we're together. It's this community of faith. We're going for it. We love God. And yet, I mean, I love that. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm a smasher of the critics that come against, you know, I just, I hate the big event thing, you know, because I won't be able to live it out tomorrow. It's your choice not to live it out tomorrow. Sorry, that was a little conference plug. It's your choice. No, we need, we need these moments. We need these moments where we come together and we say, yes, it's, it's a reminder of who we are. It's a reminder of how we want to live every day. It's so that when, when we come, when you're, you know, you're, you're at home and you're in your car and you're working as a sandwich artist at Subway and you're doing it, whatever it is that you, which we need. I mean, if Brother Lawrence can be a dishwasher and grow in love for God, we need latte makers, sandwich makers. I mean, we need all those things all across town. And it's like this growing love for God happening, you know, that kind of thing. I love that. But when we come together and we're here in this moment, you know, at the mill, it's Friday night. It's not the moment where we're like, okay, I'm going to get my fuel in my tank for God. And then, you know, I'll come back next week and refill up. No, you know what it is? It's every day we're, we're, we're alone with God. We're spending time. We're communicating. We're dialoguing with God. And man, when we get to this point, we've been going, praise God, in our hearts all week long. And so all it takes, I mean, there's a, and it's like, yeah, it's let it all out. Because, because we don't gather to refuel. We, we gather because there's a living reality that's going on every day, that's going on inside of us. And when we come together, you can't help but see an eruption of faith, hope, love. God, we're coming after you. God, we want you. Well, David, that's cool for the kid that, you know, grew up watching Superbook and VeggieTales. That's... <laughs> That's, that's cool for the one that's already gone through cleansing streams and been through, you know, a couple internships and memorized the book of Jude. And <laughs> sorry, that was, a, that was a nerdy preacher Bible kid, you know, son of a preacher boy joke. So anyway, and, uh, but what about, what about me? You know, I don't have, I'm not there. I mean, I be even begin to have that conversation so distant from my experience, it's hard to even talk that way. You know, do you think that when Jesus says, love me with all your heart, do you think that he is inside thinking? Tell you what, as soon as you reach full maturity, you know, go figure out your issues and then come back and love me with all that you are. No, no, actually, I think when we hear Jesus saying, love me with everything that you have and all of your heart, soul, and mind, if we just look at his life and we know that when we look 
at the face of Jesus, when we look at what he did, we see what God is like, right? When you look at the way that Jesus defined what love looked like, he didn't say, I'm looking for the people that once they're mature, once they've got their I's dotted and their T's crossed, they've worked all that out, then come back and then you have the opportunity to love me with all. No, what we find is Jesus lifting the face of the adulterous woman and looking at her in her eyes and forgiving her. What we find is him telling stories of a prodigal son who was in the, actually, it was the absence of maturity. It was only the recognition of, I want to return to my father's house. I want you, the father didn't look at a mature son. He looked at a willing son. He looked at a son that said, I just, I, I know, I, I want you. Jesus didn't look at it, the thief on the cross. The thief, you know. Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Jesus turns back and says, dude, climb off this cross, go do some righteousness, and then get back up here and then say that. He doesn't look at the measure of his attainment. He looks at the sincerity in his heart. I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So you can say, all right, I want to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to love him with everything. And what that looks like, tonight when it's 11 o'clock, and in all of my immaturity. I just come before God and I say, God, I want to love you right now in this moment. God looks at that moment, even if you're weak, broken, average, and he looks at that ordinary moment and he smiles and he goes, that's wholehearted love. That person loves me. And the enemy comes and says, no, 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 no. You can't, you got to get this right, this right, this right. God goes, no. I see the sincerity. I see the love that's growing. I want to encourage you guys. As we are on this journey, we're going, we want to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Start going through these 24-hour periods where you're just like, God, I want to take today and be a lover of God. Today, I want to love you with all. What, one of the things you can start doing that's kind of fun is just start taking some scriptures and saying them to the Lord, repeating them back to God. Ephesians 5 says, sing and make melody in your heart. Start singing little scriptures to God. I know, even if you're not a singer, now, what does that verse mean? Sometimes we hear that and we go, sing and make melody in our heart. Does that mean I walk into the office and say, hello, Pastor Aaron, it's so good to see you today, brother, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. Dialogue with God. Dialogue. You just start, you just start dialoguing, you know? You just read a verse, turn it into dialogue, turn it into conversation. Conversation with God. Say, you take a, Matthew 5, 8, you just say, blessed are the pure in heart, they'll see God. 
I said, maybe you start singing it a little bit. Put it to one of, you know, your own tune. You're like, blessed, blessed. You know, some of your country, a little different sound. The guys that did that video got a way different sound. You start singing it back to the Lord. It's not for everybody else. It's not, it's not, it's not for you to... It's not for you to say in a video. It's not for you to talk about even in your small group necessarily. Maybe it's just, it's just you and God. And you're just building that history. Just like you would a relationship. Just like you would with a friend. And then you start, blessed God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the pure for they will see God. I want to see you. God, and you're, you're driving and you're saying that. You start repeating back and forth. And you know, if you'll do that, what starts to happen? When you start to get little conversations with the Holy Spirit and little dialogue with God, the epic moments start popping out of nowhere because they have the opportunity because you've been obedient to the word and you've been meditating and praying. And so, man, maybe, maybe there's three different verses and maybe one of them this week was Matthew 5, 8. You're just blessed by the pure in heart for they will see God. You come to the mill and you're exploding with worship and all of a sudden Glenn is just like stopping. He's getting a breath. He's looking back, making all the thing out there here. So you're getting these little, okay, and... All right, let's just sing this new song. You know, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart for the... And you're like, oh! Oh! Wow! And you know what? You were obedient. You don't have to tell anybody about it. You were obedient. You started praying it. Holy Spirit comes. and Glenn says it. And all of a sudden, it, if you hadn't meditated on it, it would have meant nothing to you. Nothing. And you're like, oh yeah, Glenn, you know. Got his master's degree, you know, always quoting scripture and smart guy. Oh, yeah. Instead, you're like, oh, yes, thank you, God. That was a little, uh, a little wink from heaven. You love me. And you go to your small group, whatever your interaction is, but you've been meditating and hanging out, turning it into dialogue with God turn the scripture into dialogue with God and it becomes a very real relationship and here's what happens. You wake up a month later and the cynicism that says, yeah, those moments, charge the hill moments, I'm gonna love God. (sighs) Those are not worth it, they're not real. Instead, you come back you wake up and it's a month later and you've been dialoguing with God throughout the day. Little scriptures have come alive. You've, had, you've actually got some moments where they were kind of epic moments for you. I mean, they were big for you. They might not have been big for anybody else, but when Glenn said, blessed are the pure in heart, they were, that was big for you because you were just praying that that day and that was like, whoa. And you know what starts to happen? You start to build this gratitude towards God. You start to go, oh, thank you, God. That's awesome. God, thank you for that. Oh, I, and... And instead of cynicism, you jump in and you're like, that was an extraordinary moment. But the way the extraordinary moment took place was because you were faithful in the ordinary. Because you were praying the scriptures in the little moments. You know? I mean, most of us, when we read through the Old Testament, I don't, me or even the New Testament, and you read the big stories, you know, you read the stories of Daniel, you know, Daniel went in the lion's den. Well, Daniel didn't just like, Hey, I'd like to be famous and go in a lion's den, you know, like, hey, guys, throw me in there. Watch this. I got God powers, you know, you know, he, that, he, that's not the story of Daniel. We, we, we categorize it in our head as this kind of ancient, great story. But here's how Daniel had an extraordinary moment. 
in the ordinary moments where he was faithful to pray three times a day and he was faithful. And when Darius said, hey, everybody pray to me, he already had so many ordinary moments built up that he was like, no way. And it set the stage for an extraordinary moment. Go right through the scriptures. David, David was alone with God in the secret place all the time. David was a shepherd boy on the hillside. He did a pretty good job of writing some poems. We've recorded them in the best-selling book ever. And David, it wasn't like David just was like, I don't know what happened. There was a spiritual pathway created for me and I just kind of showed up on the scene and I don't know how, but I found myself finding this big old guy named Goliath and it just got, woo no. David, in the ordinary days, was singing songs to God on the hillside. He was developing a real dialogue with God. He was growing in his love for God on a day-to-day, ordinary, mundane, boring, kill the bear, kill the lion, hate this moments. He was faithful in those moments and in those moments. Then when a giant shows up, it wasn't even something like David was like, you know, you know, like just found himself there and they were all like pushing him out there. No, David went and picked a fight. How dare you? I mean, that's how it was inside of him. How many of us, there's a war, there's an epic battle, there's an extraordinary moment that we're not tapping into because there's no reality in here that you can look at a giant and go, I know how big my God is. If David didn't have the ordinary moments back with God, he'd look at the giant, he'd be like, peace out brothers, I'm going back with my bread and cheese, I'm going back to my sheep. It would never even cross his mind. You know who is this uncircumcised fellow saying that you would come out? No! He'd just be like, yo, Jesse told me I had to bring y'all some bread and some cheese. Y'all got some props on your hands. I did my job. Hey, God bless y'all. Peace. All right. That's what he would have done. Go right through people that did awesome things for, it was in ordinary moments where they got to know their God. Then in the extraordinary moment, the scene unfolded because they were steady and faithful and loving God in average days. Average, mundane, boring Tuesdays and Thursdays and double shift on Wednesday. (laughs) Average days. So I don't know what you do. I don't know if you're taking, you know, tons of classes at UCCS or if, you know, you're working overtime at Schlotzky's or wherever. Maybe, I don't know what it is that you do, but here, here's what I want to challenge you to. This idea we talked about last week. Love gives everything. Love gives all. Don't look at that like one day out there over the rainbow, away from the Shire, somewhere, you know. I, 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 I can't see it, but in my make-believe heart, it exists And one day I'll wake up and I'll arrive. I'm telling you, take it. Your days don't get easier. Just wait till you have multiple children. Just your days, your your days don't get much easier. You have to start building and let's start building now. Let's start taking these baby steps where we go. All right, God, every 24 hour period, every day I want to grow in love more and more and more in love with you. And if you'll do that, the increase of supernatural activity will start to take place because you've got a real history in God, real conversation, real life, you know?
and you'll come back, show up here. Aaron preaches a sermon, Glenn sings a song. And rather than just being like, you know, cool sermon, cool song, or your friend says, hey, check out this verse. This is, you have this, this history in it and this, this dynamic takes place where you go, yeah, God, that's what you've been showing me. And love grows. And then you're faithful. We have this kind of love thing growing on the inside. Then it's like, well, God, today I want to choose righteousness. Today I want to, you know, sing the scriptures to you or I want to pray or I want to do whatever it is. I want to develop this dialogue with you. Love isn't an epic state that you'll arrive at one day. No, love starts now. Love is in this moment. And, and at 10 o'clock tonight, you can be sitting at Chili's with your friends. And you can look at each other and you can go, you know, we can love God with all our heart right now. You know, in this very moment, and then you can be, you know, tomorrow you could be working. Maybe like Brother Lawrence, all of a sudden your latte making turns into dishwashing for him. And that's much better actually. All of a sudden you're dialoguing with God in the midst of very ordinary moments, ordinary days. And if you'll do that, You'll take your ordinary moments. This is all we have. If you read the scriptures, we're not, we don't even, we, we don't know how long we have. We don't know how long. Now is our chance. Now is our day. Love isn't out there somewhere. Love starts now. Love's here. Love's in these moments. Love's, love's in every single moment. Singing the worship song at the mill and conscientiously saying, God, I want to actually think upon you in these moments rather than just what's going on over there, the conversation that's going on over there. The, God, as I drive to work, I want to be intentional about, I want to love you to the fullest that I can in this moment. Some of you that may be singing the scriptures, like I said a minute ago, some of you that means, you know, putting in the mill podcast, some of you that means, you know, like, I don't know, you know, quoting John 3, 16 over and over again because the only verse you know or, you know, whatever it might be for you. But in that moment, and I want to encourage you the way forward to reach a place of loving God with all, the, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Embrace a journey. The mundane, pretty monotonous. And if you'll do those ordinary days right, You'll increase extraordinary moments. Your heart will expand and you'll grow in love for God. Will you stand with me? Would you stretch out your hands? Just like this. Just look at me. If that's you tonight, you go, I want to I wanna do this. I, and I'm not like, not like way out there, I'm talking now. I'm talking love starts now. I'm talking an hour from now, tomorrow morning. You go, that's me, just raise your hand. You go, I'm in, I'm in. If that's you, just raise your hand, I'm in. 
Father, we come before you tonight. We don't feel extraordinary. We feel like our schedules are filled with appointments and school and work. So many average days. But we've made a decision in our heart that we want to love you. With all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. It's not theoretical, it's not philosophical, it's not just some idea. God, we want it to be real. We want to get there. We want to be 30 and love you with all. We want to be 40 and love you with everything. We want to be old men and old women and have loved with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. God, we need you to do a miracle in us, God. God, in our flesh, we're so prone to give in to so many hobbies, so many things that we've justified as petty sin. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, would you pour out the love of God into our heart tonight? God, would you give divine strength for the willing ones? God, would you give grace and would you supernaturally help us? We don't want to be the people of dream, that dream of trusting you. We want to trust you now. We don't want to be the people that hope to stop being bitter one day. No, we, we want to be the, the remnant of people that love God now, tomorrow, tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, pour out the love of God into us. We want to love like you love. We want to do this in a real way. This isn't a dream. It's not just religious activity. No, we're in a relationship with you and we want to love you more. We believe that the scriptures are true. We believe that they're relevant for today. We believe they can come alive in our hearts tonight. Have your way in us, God. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.